The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that the first Wheel of Time adaptation for TV that was made was made entirely by a casting crew of armadillos? What? Yeah, and uh, we've all seen it because we're armadillos. It's, it's, it's pretty great, but you guys can't see it because it's armadillos only, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> for more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. Hey, so this episode is going to have some spoilers for the TV show Wheel of Time. Um, and I guess they're also spoilers for the book that came out 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, so, we're, we're, we're fairly long, far along in the books, and we're assuming that if you're catching up with us right now, then you've already read those books. If you haven't, you may want to skip this episode. Yeah, be warned. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leave memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread special bonus episode. Woo woo! Yeah! Because we just watched episode one of the Wheel of Time TV series on Amazon. And we had to talk about it. Yeah, we, we couldn't stop talking about it, so we, we just turned the microphone on. <laughs> <laughs> we know our opinions are really what you're here for, and we've got opinions. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess, yeah, we just watched episode one, although I think there's more of them out, but whatever. Yeah. Um, first things first, what did you think? Uh, uh, overall, positive. Like, my feeling was positive, overall. I'd give it, like, a B plus. Yeah. I, I can't remember hating something as much as I hated this. Really? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, so, so I, I think there was never any world where Jeff was going to love this, right? <laughs> Probably not. No, I, I thought it just, uh, I don't know, I thought it betrayed the source material in several ways. Uh, not always. There were, it, wasn't, it wasn't all terrible, actually. You know, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic here. Okay, let, let's take a step back here. Because you were a huge fan of A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you have problems with the way source material was represented in Game of Thrones? Basically, no. Yeah. I, 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 so I what's the some, difference? Well, the the difference is I think they, the, the Song of Ice and Fire show, uh, which they called Game of Thrones, which is my main problem with it, should <laughs> be called Song of Ice and Fire. Uh -huh. Game of Thrones is just the name of the first book, people. That's true. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the problem is they kept the spirit like they actually kept the the facts and the settings as like very close to the books, but that stuff is kind of secondary because they kept the spirit of the characters and how they interact and what the meaning of it is. When they had to condense characters into one character, when they made changes, it's clear that they were good changes. Like, do you think you felt that way after watching the first episode or after watching a lot of the series? I remember very clearly because I. I before Game of Thrones, I don't think there had ever been a good fantasy adaptation, right. not counting Lord of the Rings. Right. right. Uh, but there'd never been a good TV fantasy adaptation. Mm. Like, I, I can't think of one. Yeah. So I, I had expected it to be garbage, just like everything else is garbage, because everything is garbage in the whole world. <laughs> of course. <laughs> As we know. But and after I watched the first episode of Game of Thrones, I was like, oh my God, they nailed it. I cannot believe they nailed it. Like, the actors are good, and the, 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 the way that everything looks is good, and like kind of the theming is really good. And in this, I would say there's some things they nailed. Uh, I thought Maureen and Lan did a really good job. Mm -hmm. Like the, the characterization and the things they did. Watching them fighting together was awesome. That was one of my favorite parts of the, the entire episode. That was episode. the best part. Yeah, that yeah. was sick. Yeah, the, the, the warder uh, Aes Sedai relationship was like really... Like, like really present in that battle, yeah, right? You know, they don't, I don't think they really went into that in the books. Because in the books, they just sort of fight... 
like side by side. Well, that first fight kind of happens off screen because it's following point. Rand. Yeah. yeah. But I loved how they seemed like connected. Yeah. You know, like they were working together, like they knew what each other was going to do, that like they were a total team. Yeah. And and uh, and Lan's position, if you watched him, was very defensive. Like Maureen was like, you know, wrecking face with her with her weaves and right. magic, and Lan was was picking up the ones who got close, right? Like yeah. he was he was there. And even when that that house exploded at the end, he dies on top of Maureen, covers her eyes. Like it's very like he's there to protect her. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. It was super cool, and it was interesting too. I like that they actually had the scene at the beginning, even though it was it it surprised us a little bit, where the two of them are bathing naked together because it immediately established that. They're close, but it's not a sexual relationship. Right, which, yeah. I mean, it's a complicated idea for somebody who isn't familiar with the book. So I thought that that was well done. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, that, that was a good scene that used cinematic language to convey that. I wonder. I wonder, it, like, I I agree, but I wonder if somebody was watching this and didn't, if they would assume that they have a romantic relationship because he got in the tub naked with her or whatever, you know? Well, I mean, like, we almost, as a first-time reader, you almost kind of wondered that yourself, too, because there's obviously extremely right. strong feelings there. Because they're so close. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But I just appreciated that instead of being, like, having somebody off to the side be like, Hey, Rand, so that's an Aes Sedai, and she's a blah, 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 and that must be her order, and he's a blah, blah, blah. I appreciated that they didn't do that. You're right. So that, that stuff was all really good. I yeah. mean, except that they seem to be bathing in minestrone soup. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a t- I, look, I don't know if you missed the subtext, but that is a Two Rivers tradition. <laughs> to bathe in minestrone come soup. On, come on in for some honey cakes and soup baths. <laughs> <laughs> look, you have the soup bath and you drink the soup later. It's it's people soup. Oh, gross. Oh. Yeah, it's only was... gross because you're not part of the culture, Alice. <laughs> I, I thought it was like a horse trough or something. Like that was some nasty looking water. Yeah, but it's... to be fair, like... They didn't have bubbles, so how are they not going to show naked bodies? It's true. It I mean, they had to have the bathe in soup. Yeah. <laughs> Although they did. Okay, hold on. No, they did show like a nice long shot of like Alan Mandraker and ass. I think everyone noticed that, right? Yeah. That's true. Oh yeah, yeah we yeah. noticed that. Yeah, yeah, was, that, that ass, I mean, that was like it, nine to ten at least. It was a good ass. <laughs> it was a solid ass. Yeah. yeah, it was quite a good ass. It was I mean, stony. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the peaks and crags of his ass were, were just perfect. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Yeah. yeah. But I thought the, I, and actually I would say all the actors did a pretty good job, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they added all this backstory for Perrin and Matt that really bothered me. Yeah, it was completely unnecessary. I, I wonder, so I, I was actually thinking about that because I, I, I do agree that this was clearly like something that t- they took liberties with, but I wonder if you look at it, if you could consider those things as setting up the arcs that we all know are going to happen, right? Like if you look at, uh, if you look at Matt's, arc he has like this roguish nature because he's a thief apparently mm-hmm. uh but he's also like very protective of his of his family like so he, he's like there's an honorable thief kind of thing going on with him right yeah I, okay so i think one of the one of the things about the two rivers folk that come out of the two rivers and go out into the world and, and uh dominate the galaxy or whatever they <laughs> right, do right right <laughs> Is they all extremely moral? They're like Puritans, you know. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, except for the Congress and the. Uh, well, okay, yeah. I guess I just mean these ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but specifically, Matt is is a very moral person, even though he thinks of himself as an immoral person. That's the the cool thing about Matt is that he's like Han Solo, right? He he comes through when the chips are down. Yeah. yeah. And so this establishes him as a guy who like seduces a woman and steals her bracelet and tries to sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I and agree. He uses like. One of the other village women? She's going to remember that she was sleeping with him when her bracelet disappeared. What, yeah. what the heck is this? I mean, they're, they're trying to set him up as a womanizer, which is a thing that happens, like, you know, obviously throughout the course of the books later is he becomes like kind of a, a ladies man or whatever. So, yeah. so I think I think if you consider that they have less time to work with, they have to 
they have to plant the seeds of some of those arcs earlier than than they would in the books. I, I, I get I, it, but the interpersonal drama that they made out of nowhere for Matt and Perrin was completely unnecessary. Yeah, like they're they're leaving this town this episode. Yeah, and like, that was do we have to do this. And that's the thing I've been most concerned about about the entire series because I hate all the stupid interpersonal drama in the books, and I was afraid that they were going to mm. drag it out with this. They were going to. Um, uh, the Walking Dead, it you know, and mm, it's just getting yeah. into people being people arguing about relationships. I, I hope that won't be the case. I mean, the so obviously uh, they aged up the characters a little bit. Like they're all in their twenties as opposed to all in their teens, which I think yeah. I think is actually a good thing because that means we're gonna have. I hope that means we're gonna. Have, oh, so yeah, so they're all the same age. That, and they're that's all something I liked. How she's she's like it could be a Gwen too because she's the same age. Right? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That's cool. I, I I appreciate that, and I and I think that. Uh, if you haven't read the books, it'll it'll make for an interesting kind of story down the line. I also like that they they handled the Rand Egwene thing, despite the fact that they're aged up and therefore had a more adult relationship. Obviously, because uh, I think they just banked it out off screen. Yeah, uh, I, I think they, they, <laughs> but they, but they, they also, went to the Bone Zone in the tavern room of the Brandywine Inn. That's where that's where she lives. Remember, that's her home. <laughs> I, yeah, I know, but come on. Like <laughs> That's like her living room. Her mother and father are like in the room. It's not like they have insulated walls. Right? But you don't remember what it was like when you had to live with your parents and you still had to get to, you know, get get the, get your head around those bases? Uh, no, actually, yeah, I yeah. never had that experience. Yeah, well, sometimes you have to do it in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> don't they literally live in a hotel? Yeah. That's well, a good point. <laughs> yeah, but what about that, that soup bath? <laughs> yeah. Look, that soup bath was already used, okay? <laughs> You don't want to get that. Did anybody else think that was weird afterwards too? The like, I guess joke, but also to establish what happened was like, oh, you fell asleep afterwards. Like, yuck, yuck, yuck. Because boys be, you know, men be like, fall asleep. Look, that's a physiological fact. Men can't help that. That whole scene I thought was super awkward. Yeah, it was a little weird. I'm going to be the the person on this podcast that is like, that wasn't like the books. And I don't like it because it wasn't like the books. Oh, listeners, you can't see that I'm pushing up my glasses. Yeah. Jeff doesn't wear glasses, but he's pushing them them up anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, like, they're supposed to be prudish, right? Yeah. yeah. Like well, they were constantly in the books, they're constantly talking about like, oh, if she she showed three inches of her ankle and that would get her burst by the women's circle back home. Yeah, you can't kiss me. We're not betrothed. Yeah. I yeah. don't like that. I, 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 I don't think that's particularly like entertaining to watch if someone's like really like stuck up and shitty about it. So I think I, I, I think that would be better personally. But yeah, it's you're you're right. It's not true to the source at all. Yeah. Yeah, what did, what did y'all think about Perrin uh having a what fiance wife 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 that was that, the worst part that was the worst part yeah, yeah yeah and he kills her yeah accidentally that was weird and uh i i, I think i understand why they did it because this is like the the foundation for the axe hammer thing right like he's going to be this would make him not want to take up the axe because of what happened like he's tra- traumatized by this but it was a weird choice for sure yeah like he's He's married? Like the whole Is he married? His whole, I, I wasn't sure if that was well, Yes, they, they refer wife. to his wife. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. They had uh I mean their whole character arc in the books is that they're boys and they don't know who they are and yeah. they're thrown into this crazy, crazy situation. Mm-hmm. Um and they become these wild characters that are not like anybody else in the world because of the these these things that happen to them when they're going through a formative experience. Yes. But like accidentally killing your wife with an axe is that's going to be a bigger formative experience than anything else that will ever happen to him ever again. It like, was unnecessary. Yeah. yeah, I think you're probably right. Like, I understand that they had to make a really compelling reason for why they had to leave, but that was just over the top. Yeah, well, they yeah they already had a reason to leave, right? Yeah. I mean, that, I guess that's... I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why they would do that. 
Yeah. Uh, because that, that seems like that completely changes the parent character. We'll have to see what they do with it moving forward. Like, like I said, I suspect it's it's the foundation for the like the, him making the choice between the hammer and the axe that he goes on about on and on about in the books. And I, I suspect that would be the this would be like the the pivotal moment where he decides like the axe is bad and then it coming back around to the axe and then going back to the hammer is my 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 expectation, but like I have no idea. We'll we'll see what they do with it. But yeah. you're right, that 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 was one where I was like, huh, that was an interesting choice, you know? Not necessarily one I agree with. I thought everything looked great. Yeah, belt the belt. I, I really liked the way they did the Belting Festival with like the lanterns yeah. and stuff. It, was yeah, it like, looked like fun. Yeah, they, they added that element of how they they're lighting lanterns for the you know like what do they call them? They, it's a is it a Japanese thing or whatever the the, the souls or the, I, I don't remember the lanterns that float away. I I thought it is. I thought it was supposed. To, they said something about like bringing back people. So I think it's like the because it's kind of a reincarnation thing. Like oh, yeah. them find their way back. Yeah, yeah. Something? But there's there's like a there's like a parallel there's in the there's a real world. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 I forget what they call it. Anyway, that it was beautiful and it was really cool and it 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 gave an excuse for Tam to give a little wheel of time lore. And yeah. another thing too is nature is really prevalent in the first book, especially mm-hmm. in those first few chapters. And I think we felt that too. Like the location was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of locations, uh, I think we all had kind of like a moment where you nerded out a little bit when they showed the city at the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a there's a shot, a single shot where they show like a what skyscrapers, cool, yeah, overgrown yeah. skyscrapers that they just like walk by, which I think is very much in the spirit of like the Wheel of Time world, and I. I hope there's more of that because I thought that was really cool. That was awesome. It yeah. looked amazing. If I was watching the show and I had never read the books, that would have hooked me. Like, whoa, what's mm-hmm. that? I, I think if, if yeah, I, I think it'd be really cool if they're just like random settings where they're doing their things and surrounded by fantastical or like like far future or far past like elements like that. I think yeah. be really cool. I think the way they showed Warren using the power too looked really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, so, mm-hmm. so obviously they chose to make weaves visible, which mm-hmm. I know is not true to the books, but I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I thought it looked really cool. Yeah. yeah. They did a great job with that. I'm okay with that. I, yeah. That's a good adaptation because, because mm-hmm. you got it right. This whole, it's too, it's too confusing if some people can see the weaves and some people can't, depending on their gender. Yeah. In in a visual medium. And yeah. I thought the acting was great. Everybody was super solid. That's true. Yeah, that, yeah. Nobody was bad. Yeah, and the costumes were great. For the most part, I I I know that uh, we talked about the Trollocs while we were actually watching the episode. Uh, I thought the Trollocs looked really cool, but I think there was there was less variance in them. Yeah, they were too uniform. This yeah. is honestly exactly what I expected because. You know, they because they're described as having beaks and like hooves and you know backwards legs like a goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, and, and they're all different. So that yeah. means for a show, you really got to like. First of all, you got to put a person in that suit, and they got to look non-stupid. Yeah. And also, you know, you got to you you want to use the same Trolloc stunt guys over and over again in different shots. So they got to they can't have too much variety. Too dis- yeah, they can't be too distinctive. But that being said, they did have some because I'm thinking about it like Narg, which unfortunately Narg didn't get his line. Uh, <sighs> so very, unfortunate. Yeah, really, really like the probably the, no, ruined the whole series I, for I, Yeah, Narg and Abel Cawthon were done the most dirty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so Narg was like clearly different. Like he was kind of a wolf thing right like he had like more more canine yeah, features he, yeah because he, he gets like close-ups he's a star yeah so and they, uh, they probably had him as like a more advanced prosthetic and stuff they yeah. also had lots of variation in the horns though they mostly had horns and there were a couple of trollocs that if you watched move completely differently like there were some that like walked on all fours and ran like you know yeah that, that was good mm-hmm. so there, there, there was a little bit of variance but I, I do agree that there there could have been more of that with that complaint i thought that scene was good and the trollocs were really good they were scary and and I loved how it just sort of 
they just came out of nowhere. Like we didn't, like you said, Alice, in the books we didn't see the the Beltine mm-hmm. attack, and this time it's just like they're having a good time, and then all of a sudden it's this chaos and madness. Mm-hmm. And the Trollocs were very Trolloc esque. They were they were like killing with their axes. They were eating people. Like yeah, they were around, huge. Like, tearing, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. I yeah they, and they were big. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, I thought they did a great job with that. I thought it really like I was. I was definitely in like the negative 10 level when we were seeing parents and that, that stupid like bad home life situation. Yeah. Yeah. That, but then the Trolloc attack with Maureen and Landfighter was sick. So mm-hmm. yeah, what, what is it, what do you think the, the deal is with, so so Matt's mother is like what, a, an addict, I guess? Yeah, it made her, I think both of them, like his, his dad and mom are addicts or his dad is like a uh, philanderer. Mom's yeah. a drunk and dad's a philanderer. Yeah, yeah. it's like the idea. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. Neither of them take care of Matt's sister, so Matt has to take care of them. Except yeah. now Matt's gone, so yeah. that was a so dumb reason. They're on Yeah, hell with them then. Yeah. <laughs> and Perrin, like I, I thought it was crazy that Perrin, after just accidentally killing his wife, is like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'll just get on a horse with you and leave." I actually I felt like, like that made sense the way that Moraine set it up, right? Like, she's like, okay, there are 300 Trollocs coming. They're going to eat your village unless you come with me. And I think he played it, the actor was playing it as stunned because I don't think he... Did he even say anything after... No, I guess he didn't. After killing her? Yeah, Yeah, he was just... He looked stunned. And so just kind of blindly following along, which would make sense. No, I think you're right. Psychologically. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I I liked the way they... So this this was kind of a short scene, but at the very beginning when they introduced the red Aja, like coming in and capturing the, one of the false dragons or whatever, I actually kind of liked the way they handled that where mm-hmm. the red Aja wasn't like evil. They were, they were saying, this is a gift. This is something that I'm doing to help you, you know, which yeah. I, if they continue that, it would make the red Aja more like, like more insidious and less like, Oh, we're the big bad guys. Right. Like if they're like, yes, this is something we're doing to like, yeah. So I, th- I felt like the actress was playing it kind of evil. Although I thought, I yes. thought it was a cool contrast because, like, she's right. Yeah. You know, what she's doing is right. She's doing the right thing, mm-hmm. but also she's doing it in this very, like, aggressive, unlikable way. Yeah. But they but they didn't immediately make it just other man-haters, right. which they right. could easily do. Which I think, yeah, I, I think I like that. Because that's, that's in, the, in the books, it always bugged me. They're like, oh, yeah, Red Aja, they just hate men. Yeah. But in, in this case, it's more like they... They're, they buy into their 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 story that like they're they're doing something to help people, right? And, yeah. and they did show that that guy that they were hunting, who I'm assuming is Logan. They immediately showed that he was insane because he thought there was someone else there, and there wasn't, which yeah. was cool too. Yeah, I wonder if that's so. I, I, I wonder if that's how they. I thought they were gentling him right there. They did. I think they did. Yeah. And, and I I got the impression that it was something oh. presented as kind of horrific. Oh, so you think, like that's, you think that's Logan? Because I because oh god, I'm still stuck on the books. In the books, they took Logan to the White Tower to gentle him. Right. Yeah. Oh, you know, I don't know. It could be Logan. It could be a random false dragon. Well, I'm remembering the stills though that they released, and they did. They had one showing a man in a cage, and I don't know if it's the same actor that was uh, there, but they but people identified it as Logan. Okay, sure, sure, yeah. yeah so it may or may not be. It, it, and That's fine. If it, 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 it might not be, because, I mean, if you think about it, Moraine was there saying, oh, it's not him. So that would have implied that he's a lot younger than Logan was. Mm-hmm. My only thing was that I got tired of it being dark and blue and misty for, like, two-thirds of the yeah. episode. This is a, yeah, this is a common problem where they're trying to make something kind of, like, gritty or... Atmospheric. Or atmospheric, and mm-hmm. they, 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 they monotone it a little too much, and it, We'll, this is only the first episode. We'll see if that's something that continues to be a problem. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I agree. It was it was a very blue and gray and misty episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
What did y'all think of uh, Tamal Thor's uh, fight scene? I kind of liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I, I thought that was cool. He pulled out the sword and yeah. you knew that he was going to be awesome because he's a blade master. So mm-hmm. I thought he did really good. But was... he wasn't like infallible. Yeah. yeah. It was it was a solid reveal. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't tell if the actor or maybe whoever was doing the stunts was having a little bit of trouble with the sword play. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, th- I thought it was well done. Mm-hmm. Um, he does get his ass kicked by the trollop, but you know. I mean, he's a, he's about to win. Yeah. You know what was really interesting? They didn't have Tam, after he'd been injured, revealing that he's not Rand's real dad, which right. I'll be curious to see what happens there. I'm guessing Moraine will reveal that later. But Maybe. I, I, yeah. Maybe I don't we'll know. get it in a flashback or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm, after watching that first episode, I'm still excited to watch more of it. Like, I, I think that there's a lot of potential. I thought, I think that in terms of, like the production, they like it was visually really nice. Like that, that would be my early biggest concern is they're not like investing the money in it. And it's going to be like a like a TV made for TV kind of show. But this is clearly like they're clearly putting money into this. Like yeah, this is, the effects were good, and yeah. I appreciated that the way the women came off was strong characters, comma female, not strong female characters. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, uh, I thought Nynaeve didn't land the character. She's supposed to be very pushy and aggressive. But would she have seemed like a caricature if they'd actually had that? Maybe, but she was a caricature in the books, right? Yeah. Up until, you know, well into the books, you start to like... Yeah, book like uh, 12, (laughs) 11. Maybe they were just trying to make her seem a little less uh, ridiculous. And you notice she never came back. She was dragged off by Trollope. Yeah. Yeah, and Egwene thinks she's dead. Like, it was like, oh, yeah. When when Rand comes up and it's like, where's Nynaeve? Egwene gives him the look. It's like, oh, she's gone, bro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, who knows what's going to happen with that? But I, I hope that... They give her more naive character traits. I think yeah. that she's going gonna. Forward. I think that she's gonna show up with a Trolloc's head between her teeth and be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> "Nice try, bro." <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I think that. Yeah, I think that. I think that the reason that they did so much characterization in the first episode is that otherwise it would be a lot more difficult for people who didn't know these characters to differentiate between them. Now, obviously, they're visually very different, but mm-hmm. but like. They are all supposed to be dramatically different characters uh, over the course of, you know, what, 14 books? And yeah. they don't have 14 books. They have, like, you know, what, 10 episodes per season? Well, uh, yeah, if, if that, if they're even going to do the whole first book in the first season. Yeah. So I, I suspect they're probably going to try and do more than one book per season. If I don't think they're going to do 14 seasons of this thing, right? Yeah, but, like, that, I don't know. The thing with Perrin, that just tells me, like Alice was saying, is that we're going to have endless scenes about dealing with that kind of thing. I really hope not, but... I mean, you did in the books, though. With Perrin killing his wife? No, No, not Perrin killing his wife, but endless scenes of interpersonal drama with Perrin in the... In the books. I guess so. Yeah, I guess Really with all of them. Perrin's the worst character. Putting it out there. Send me your hate mail. I don't care. Wait, in the books? Yeah. What? Uh, What? Okay, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, the worst character in the books? Okay, he goes from... Emo Perrin, who's su- super mopey because he has these super fucking cool wolf powers, to <laughs> Perrin, who's with Fael, which is immediately going to drag him down. So, like, okay, what about Sad Rand though? Yeah, no, at least Sad Rand can like has powers, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just think out of all the main characters, no, no, Perrin's I, the weakest. I, I think mm-hmm. Emo Perrin and Sad Rand are pretty close to equal to me, but I agree that they're both uh, difficult to read. Interesting. Yeah. Hard disagree. <laughs> but whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I think our plan is to watch a few more episodes and release a mid-season 
review and then do it again at the end of the end of the first season. Yeah, we probably won't do one per episode because I'm not sure we'll have enough to talk about for every TV episode. And that, and you know, we want to make sure that we're still being interesting to listen to. Yeah, if it turns out we hate it or some of us hate it, <laughs> that would be very look, good. Look, good we know video. that Jeff is going to hate it, and that's okay. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff's allowed to hate things. You know what? Jeff is being anyway. fair though. Like he is pointing out the things no, that are done well. I agree. I agree. I, I think that anyway. I don't disagree with the things that Jeff dislikes about it i just you know don't feel as, as strongly about them yeah you just don't have the correct response to <laughs> i don't have feelings i'm a sociopath so it doesn't matter yeah that must be nice yeah. <laughs> so that's it for this episode i am jeff lake that's jeff underscore lake on twitter i'm alice sullivan that's blue bonnet cafe on instagram i'm michael sparkman i still don't have one of those if you have any comments questions or feedback please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club we love hearing from you and please share us with anybody you think will like us please give us good reviews wherever you got this especially itunes Please give us your dollars. You find out how to do that at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The the light light illumine you. you.